This episode of Cox Talking Gamecocks is brought to you by the Mason Jar, New York City. The Mason Jar is the official Gamecock bar for the New York City area. Fans and alumni of USC can come by the jar for some great barbecue, cold drinks, and of course, to watch the Gamecocks in any sport, all while surrounded by South Carolina memorabilia. If you want to get a slice of game day in Columbia all while in the Big Apple, head to the Mason Jar on East 30th Street. All right, here we go. To episode 184 of Cox Talking Gamecocks, brought to you by the Mason Jar, New York City. I am your host, Tim Cox, where I will keep every episode from 1801 to 2001. And, uh, yeah, that that stunk, right? That, that, that stinks. That stinks. You know, I, uh, sitting here, normally try to come up with a little, you know, pun, little crack a joke here and there. To, to kick off these episodes here, but, you know, that just stinks. You know, it was a, uh, a tough sort of Saturday night, you know, Sunday, you know, you, you process it all, of course, and things like that. But, yeah, you know, it was a uh, interesting game, and, uh, you know, we'll get through together. Um, I'll get into all of it in a second right now, but obviously, you know, we have our football team sitting at a pretty precarious position, and... You're still excited. You're still hopeful. You still see a lot of good that can come from the year. But it felt like, you know, that was a, a little bit of a moment that you came up short where you – it hurts. But I will get into the football game in a little bit here. But there was a lot of action around Gamecock Nation to review over the weekend. So let's get this going here. Starting with Friday, women's soccer beat Auburn 2-1. to one. Women's volleyball lost to Ole Miss three to two. That's all right. Uh, equestrian. That's right. We're talking equestrian. They beat UT Martin fourteen to four. Swimming and diving. The women beat UNC Wilmington one eighty one to one nineteen, and the men lost one fifty eight to one forty two. On Saturday, you had men's soccer tie JMU one to one. And on Sunday, women's volleyball lost to Florida 3-1. to So sort of a mixed bag from the weekend, but some highs. Swimming and diving, equestrian, women's soccer on Friday. Big Friday for, for Gamecock Nation. And then sort of Saturday kind of leveled off. And then Sunday went down, which is kind of our mood. Kind of encapsulates the mood of Gamecock Nation, especially those like ourselves who are diehard football fans here. So yeah, just going to dive right into this one. The Gamecocks fall to Tennessee in Knoxville 41 to 20 and yeah, like like I said 2 seconds ago, it just sucks. Like <laughs> that's like kind of it, right? Like it's not this 
like I'm not mad. I'm not. What it's not this gut punch loss that you know we've had before. It just it just sucks, right? Like you really thought this was going to be a. I did at least. Like I thought this was going to be a close game throughout, you know. And I knew it being in Knoxville, and it was a revenge game, at least from the Tennessee point of view. It, it was going to make for a huge challenge, but it still felt like a moment for this Carolina program to play spoiler yet again and get people talking about us nationally. And, you know, maybe I didn't indicate all that in the in the pregame show and I think talking to my friends and, and family, like, I was like, yeah, this game could go, you know, a few different ways. I really thought it was going to be close. I thought it was going to be close throughout. I saw a world where South Carolina just lights it up and we escape with a last-second victory, but obviously that's not how it went, right? Now, it was close. It felt like it was going to be that that rock fight, with, you know, that SEC type of fist fight game. It was, it was that way for much of the first half, but that pick six right at the end of the half was just brutal. And it just set into motion the rest of things, really, like... Yes, you were able to sort of hang around a little bit, but when you look back at the game, and even in that moment too, like that was a backbreaker. That was just something you absolutely could not do. It rejuvenated the fans. It gave them every reason in the world to be extra loud. You kind of were right there, and then it put it to two possessions, and it just, again, it set into motion sort of the rest of things. But it's crazy because... When you look at the box score of this game, which, you know, I don't always do looking back at football games, but I really wanted to see for myself, like, where where did things fall here? It's pretty wild because both teams, they looked pretty darn even in a lot of the major categories. The rushing was the biggest discrepancy. Carolina gave up far more rushing yards than Tennessee did. Carolina held an edge in time of possession. I said that was going to be a crow to the game, to success. Believe it or not, South Carolina actually had less penalties than Tennessee, even though they were just very ill-timed, right? The ones for Carolina just came at the worst moments, it felt like, and even comparable receiving yards. However, when you look at it a little bit more closely, the biggest difference and really the difference-making statistics were third-down conversions with the Gamecocks only going two for 14 and sacks where South Carolina gave up six. So those are two very telling statistics that kind of tell you the story of how this game went. Just South Carolina was not able to keep drives going when they really needed to. And once again, the offensive line was suspect. So let's look at a little bit closer what I liked and what I didn't like from each side of the ball here. So starting with the defense, I liked creating the turnovers. You know, you knew it was going to take something like those to slow down Tennessee, give Carolina some momentum on the road. And that's exactly what you did. And you liked seeing, you know, getting it from those guys. Now in the first half, you know, really the, the defense held their own only allowing one true touchdown in the first half, the other one being the pick six. 
So the defense set up the team pretty well, especially in that first half. So you definitely did like that. The effort that those guys came out with in that first half, keeping it close from their perspective, right? Now, what I didn't like was only getting one sack. And, you know, you almost feel like a broken record here because pass rush has been an issue this season. And this was definitely not the spot that you want to, like, not get to the quarterback at. And it's funny because the edge rushers should be more up to speed here. You know, JT Gear, Jordan Strawn, Elijah Davis, like, and it's just not clicking right now. And even from the interior of the line, you know, that's kind of what we saw more in the Georgia game was you had a guy like TJ Sanders being more disruptive. You just didn't have that, right? So the defensive line was definitely something you did not like. Also, allowing the quick score to start the third quarter, right? Despite being down after that, the pick six, you know, it was it was still a game, right, at that point. But then down 14, but the teams were going back and forth to that point. So really the last thing that you could have done in that spot was give up a quick score. And that's what happened. Which is, you know, funny because you're singing the praises of the defense in the first half, but immediately to start the second half, you give up a quick score. And just, again, just not what you needed right there. You know, yes, you were down two scores, but you felt like you were right in that game. And it was your own mistake, but then all of a sudden, you're down by more than that. But it it is interesting. I mean, I, I could pick on little things here for the defense, you know, second half and things like that. But it was really a mixed bag for the defense overall. I mean, taking away the pick six Spencer gave up, they allowed 34 points, which still has the Gamecocks losing the game. But... I don't I don't think you can fault them too much for this one. Like yes, they gave up big plays and they had costly drives. So yes, you can for that. But against this high-powered Tennessee offense, I really felt like they hung in there and creating two turnovers, they did all they could do. I mean, you certainly felt like it was going to take more than 34 points for South Carolina to win this game. So, yes, when your offense is maybe not clicking as you want to, you need your defense to step up in that moment. You kind of felt like they did with creating some of the turnovers, but yes, they didn't fully hold up their end of the bargain, but I don't think that the defense is the reason this team lost the game. You know what I mean? Which brings me to the offense side of the ball. Actually, you know what? Real quick shout out. We're going to go special teams. Special teams love the Kaisman moment. Friend of the program, Kai Kroger, love him on that fake throw. That was great to see Beamer ball. That was a great moment there. It was exactly what the team needed. And so shout out there. You always love that. Love to see Beamer ball. Now back to the offense side. <laughs> what I liked was Mario Anderson's run. I mean, highlight of the night, really, truly, on the offensive side. He is clearly RB1. You have to go with him the rest of the way. DK and Juju, they can compliment him, but it needs to be Mario Anderson's job here on out. I did also like to see Juju. I liked seeing him get in the mix a little bit more. 
know, he had been pretty quiet as far as touches go the last couple of games. So was really cool to see him. Also liked Trey Knox. He had himself a game. You, you liked to see that. I talked before the game is who is going to be that other person to step up if Tennessee is able to slow down Leggett, double him up. Trey Knox answered the bell. I think he had seven catches, something like that. He had a very nice night for himself. What I didn't like was, uh, I've said it a few times here, it was Spencer's pick six before the half. That was quite literally the last thing that needed to happen in that spot. Being a very close game at that point, you were trying to drive. I, I, I understand trying to be aggressive, trying to move the ball. That's fine. But you cannot make that mistake there. And it was a tough read, too. You know, I mean, it's just sort of out wide. You know, he was forcing it. Like, it, that just wasn't the – I just didn't feel like that was really the guy you needed to be throwing to in that moment. You know, there was a few other instances of that. But, yeah, that was just – it was a tough read. It was really sort of the, the moment where you're like, shoot, this one might not go our way here. But I I, I also really didn't like – the offense not being able to settle into the regular tempo that we've seen this uh, this offense operate at. It just kind of felt like that side of the ball couldn't settle in. And maybe a part of that is being in a raucous environment. Maybe it really did impact them, right? That's sort of what the opposing fans' job is to do, right? Is to get the offense off their game. But even so, just kind of felt like they were unsettled for most of the night. And again, that also probably has to do with giving up six sacks, which of course is something that you never like to see. And for an offensive line that we've had a lot of questions about, it was a tough night. I understand you're starting two true freshmen, you know, with Tree and Trovan, but that was still very tough to see. I did not, I did not like the boys not converting on the fourth down try. I didn't like some of the calls like in, in the third down, like, like, like I just said, like throwing it short of the sticks out wide and things like that. And it was really sort of the first game where the passing offense just looked off. You know, really to this point in the season, we had relied on that. And you felt really confident in your passing offense to keep you in the game. Things like that. Move the sticks. It just it just was off. It just was not exactly what you wanted to see. Also, I did not like not seeing Nick Harbour or Tyshawn Russell really at all. Shane Beamer said that they need to get them more involved and they need to get better and deeper at receiver. And, like, that's nice to say in the press conference after the game, but we need to see it in reality. And we need to see these guys get some playing time because we need a little bit of a spark, I think. Especially, you know, you need that that X factor, right? Leggett is playing amazing right now. He's having a hell of a season. He needs some help. Spencer needs some help. You know, I talked about Trey Knox had a nice game. He's a tight end. Nick Harbour, probably one of, if not the fastest guy on the field, if you put him there. I understand these guys are true freshmen. I do. And especially with Harbor. He came in later in the summer. He's learning a new position, trying to do it at the highest of levels. 
and he was battling a little bit of an injury in camp. So I understand that he's green, and I understand that there's a learning curve. But freshmen play all the time, and you have to take chances. And in college, sometimes you, you, you take the good with the bad. If you, put a, if you put a freshman out there like Nick Harbour, right, you can find a way to get him the ball easily and try and get him in space and just have him run. You might sacrifice some route running for other times he doesn't get the ball quickly. Maybe he has, you know, maybe he's working on his hands, right? Like maybe, you know, you sacrifice some potential drops. But to me, he needs to be on the field more. Not, not this saying it, right? Saying that for two or three weeks now. We need to see it. So that was something that definitely was a little frustrating for sure. And yeah, I mean, so overall for the game, it was just crappy. That's just my, that's my adjective for this game. Crappy, annoying opponent and a crappy result. Both sides of the line of scrimmage remain a concern. And you know what, y'all? Like depth pretty much across the board is a concern for me right now. Pretty much every position that, that you can think of, you, you want to be deeper. And so right now, you have our team sitting at two and three. And y'all know I'm an optimist and all that jazz. I do feel that this is a better team than two and three. But the reality is, like, that's where we're at. And so you're looking at the back half of the season that now is filled with pressure-packed games because your margin of error is razor-thin. Like, yes, when you look at the schedule, it was pretty front-loaded in the sense of your hardest games. The back half, you have a lot more home games, right? You're home the entire month of November, but you do have a back-to-back road game with Mizzou and A&M. That's going to be a challenging pair of games. But you have Vanderbilt, Jacksonville State, those are those are two games that you feel really confident about. And so you start to look at the rest of the schedule and you're like, okay, what are some of the other games that we feel good about? You know, Florida maybe, Mizzou, right? Kentucky, Clemson, they're, they're at home. Could be challenging, but, you know, your margin of error is just razor thin right now. And this bye week seems to be coming at the perfect time for this team, despite it being a little bit on the earlier side. You know, when the schedule first came out, I didn't love that. You know, I always like to see a little bit more balance or you don't want to have to play so many games and be a little maybe banged up at the end of the year. But I think this comes at the perfect time. Both coordinators need to take stock of where things are at and they need to self-scout and they need to tighten things up. The team needs to get healthy. You know, there's a couple of guys who have been banged up. They need to take this time to get as healthy as they possibly can. And this needs to be a time to truly develop some freshmen, particularly Nick Harbour. Now, the good news is Beamer has gotten his teams to play well coming right out of the bye. And he has always had his teams play better as the year has gone on. But the pressure is on now. It is. So it's going to be really interesting to see what this team does in the week off. I will have a bi-week retrospective my next episode. So sort of just taking stock of where things are at, what to look for in the next half of the schedule and everything like that. But this is a big, 
critical moment for this year's team, and they need to absolutely take advantage of this time off to get healthy and simply maybe get a little better too. You know, again, feels like you're sort of right there. But because you're not there yet, you're sitting at a two and three. And you got some big, big games coming up and coming up in a hurry that you have to get ready for. For those of y'all interested, the six-pack went three and three. We're on the way up again. We're on the way up. But with that, y'all, that wraps up this episode. Please follow me on social media. Twitter or X is Cox Gamecocks. Instagram is just the name of the show, Cox Talking Gamecocks. And please like, subscribe, and review the podcast. I appreciate all y'all. Go Cox. <laughs>